You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. The things you learn in life. Uh, football. It's a very, very busy time, both locally, nationally and uh, internationally. There's so much football happening and at FNR, that's what we do. We talk football 24-7. It's kind of our thing, isn't it? Mm. Yep, it's our thing. It's what we're designed to do. And in fact, uh, welcome to State of Our Football Nation, where we discuss uh, the, the sorts of stories that have been making headlines and a couple of stories that uh, I cannot walk away from. Um, the exciting efforts of um, a team out of Sydney and a team out of Melbourne from the NPL, no less, making tremendous strides in the new FFA Cup, which we call the Australia Cup. And haven't they also lifted the excitement levels around those who haven't been A-League fans for ages? They've been on the outer. And suddenly we've got two NPL clubs that in, in quite a meaningful way are making a or have made a great fist of what has been uh, the challenges thrown up at them thus far. And they've only got how many more games have they got left? Well, I mean, that depends on whether or not they win the next one, I guess. And it also depends on which side you're barracking for. That's true. So um, who, who are you hankering to support? Well, I mean, Victorian bias has, has got to suggest <laughs> that I that I lean towards the uh, lean towards the Oakley Cannons. But, I mean, it's history, George. That, that, that's exactly what it is. We haven't had two NPL teams make it to the semi-final before. We've had one, but we've also had one in the sort of system where the draw was made so that an NPL team was guaranteed to make it into the semi-finals. This is the first year that we've done a totally open draw, and I don't know whether it's coincidence or whether this no, is giving us a funny lesson about the system. I, th- I think it's the fact that we, we're still allowing the NPL sides to be in competition. So th- it's not as if they're sitting on their haunches like we had a number of years ago in the FFA Cup where we had uh, the then Bentley Greens having to engineer games to stay competitive for the game they were going to yeah. play or their next round match against an A-League a club. You follow? Yeah. This is just time... It seems to have timed and coincided beautifully with the meaningful end of the NPL competition... And the pre-season of the A-League. Yeah, the sort of recommencement of meaning. Yeah, correct, correct. And the other thing, it it is a bit of history. It it is the the possibility, the emergence of a brand new era in the game. And who did we talk to last week on State of Our Football Nation, Uh, Lockie? Well, we talked to Nick Galatas. And what's he contemplating? Well, a national... I hope he's contemplating a national second division. And would you think right now he's wearing a bigger smile than he was last week? I think it'd be hard. It would be hard not to. It'd be hard not to for anyone. Like, yeah, yeah. I think there's only one. Actually, there are two people who might have bigger smiles: the coach of Sydney Fifty Eight, Sydney United Fifty Eight, and the coach of the Oakley Cannons, Chris Taylor. And I'm hoping that we can get Chris to join us on FNR to talk about uh, just how he felt when he realised that they weren't a chance to win, but they were going to win. Lockie? Yeah, well, he's, you can ask him that very question right now. Chris Taylor, 
what were you thinking last night? And welcome to FNR. Thank you very much for the uh, yeah kind introduction. But um, what was I thinking last night? I, yeah, I just was hoping that they wouldn't score in the last minute. Because um, <laughs> I think the last three games we've played, we've conceded right at the death. I think twice yes. against Heidelberg and um, and obviously in the uh, in the previous round in the Australia Cup against uh, Brisbane City. Uh, but Chris Taylor, your boys have managed to find a way, even through the penalty shootouts, to get the job done. Yeah, a lot, I suppose that shows a lot of character. Um, you know, we, we, we've been in penalty shootouts before where, where it's not gone our way. So um, <laughs> I think it shows a bit of character and... Uh, they're never, never good ones to lose. They're always great ones to win. So, um, and there's always a winner and always a loser. But um, yeah, I, I'm very, very pleased with the boys and what they've done this year, and and pretty much the whole club. I mean, it's it's a combined effort goes right through the juniors and the the committee, and uh, you know, it's just a great, great place to be at the moment. As a former administrator of an MPL club uh, in the shape of South Melbourne, I can well imagine how excited the the sponsors are. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, we, we've, we're very pri- privileged to have uh, a lot of people that, um, you know, put a bit of money into the club yeah. and, uh, and support the club. Um, so, you know, it's great to see the faces down there. But yeah, last night was just something that was really special, you know, for all the people, seeing how much it means to everyone. And uh, it's the 50th year or 50th anniversary this year. And uh, there's still a number of them that probably founded the club at the start. So, you know, they've been there for a long period of time and it's great to see them enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, we're talking to Chris Taylor, who's the the coach of the Oakley Cannons in the MPL, MPL 1 in Victoria, who uh, defeated uh, Sydney FC, who only a year or so ago were touted as one of the finest A-League clubs of the last decade. Um, So... I know that they're building or in a rebuilding mode and I know it's pre-season, but how have your boys bounced back uh, from last night? In other words, um, how did they, how'd they pull up? Uh, well, I'm just about to find out. So, <laughs> now. Um, so we, we have a, a recovery session where, you know, there'll be an ice baths and um, some of the players that, that were on the bench and didn't get minutes will, will, will go through their paces um, and we'll assess it uh, another game in two days time do or die game again so lots of pressure and um, yeah just you know we, we just hope everyone's up for the uh, the challenge again but we know it's going to be difficult as well Chris I, I know that a lot of people outside Victoria would be familiar with the Cannons as being you know a, a side that had a, a good season in Victoria but I don't think many would be as acutely aware of some of the challenges that you guys have faced throughout this season with injuries and that sort of thing I mean last night you guys had special dispensation to bring in a, a keeper in Lewis Italiano because you had so many keepers <laughs> out through injury not available um to play, you had a 14-year-old as your reserve I keeper on the bench. Damn cheeky. Yeah. I thought that was damn <laughs> cheeky, Chris, to put a 14-year-old reserve keeper out down there. Can you imagine how that young boy feels? Yeah. He would have been jumping out of his Incredible. skin. I mean, t- tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you have had to deal with this season because a 14-year-old keeper is, is sending off serious <laughs> alarm bells to anyone who's tuning in. Yeah, like it's... And, uh, as you said, it's been an ongoing thing for us. So we've uh, we've lost a forward that's not played all year. Um, three of our main defenders, although one's back now, have missed 
good portions of the season. Um, I think we're I think we're down at something like six or seven players that should be available and aren't available, and that makes it difficult. Um, and the challenges at MPL level, we've got a point system, so you can't keep uh, you know make big squads. And once you start losing players, it makes it very difficult. But we've got uh, we're fortunate. We've got a good under twenty ones team, and um, you know that 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 brings them in. We, we've got a good under fourteens team as well, and that <laughs> clearly no kidding. That, that, that kind of helps as well. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris, how, how does uh, what I'm trying to get? How do you work your way through so many goalkeepers? Um, Normally, well, it, everyone it, will tell you that don't know the game. Hey, the goalkeepers have it easy. So how do you, how have you managed to work your way through so many goalkeepers to get to a fourteen-year-old reserve? Well, look, we we had uh, it's just been kind of a month from hell. We had um, our backup keeper that's that's played probably five or six games for us this year. Lockie popped his shoulder in training. Ooh, um, and then they had to have a full shoulder reconstruction, which was about a week ago. Uh, Nick Finley against Heidelberg tore a quad muscle. Oh no! So they're your two main keepers. <laughs> um, our twenty um, ones keeper is concussed or or gone through concussion. Yep. So, he, he's so the protocols mean he can't play or he couldn't play. Exactly. And then we've we've had a bit of sickness. You know, everyone's gone through the COVID sort of situation, the cold and flu that's happening at the the moment. We've had a couple of kids with injuries, you know, I think the 16 keepers, you know, got an ankle problem. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we looked at the under-14s and thought, yeah, that's probably the way to go this year. How good is his temperament, this young 14-year-old keeper? Look, he, he was just uh, over the moon with it, you know. His, his family <laughs> of course was he would be. You know, it, it was, uh, you know, and we... And we I had the intention of getting him out there. I thought, oh, if we're two or three down, which you probably will be against Sydney, get, get him out there for five minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, uh, probably a chance of a lifetime. But um, Well, not only that, can you imagine the history books and the trivia? He would well, be there for a lifetime. That's that's what we were hoping, yeah, you know. <laughs> one way or the other, we were going to get Oakley in the record books. Um, but as it <laughs> that's turned fantastic. Out, the result. Yeah. Oh, what a story that would have been. Oh, well. Perhaps next time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, look, uh, all I can say is um, it's it's really exciting. I was watching um, uh, the 10 coverage, uh, the 10 play coverage last night, and I was flicking between, uh, if you've got a good um, uh, Wi-Fi service, you can flick <laughs> between the, the three feeds. And um, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off what you guys were doing against Sydney. Uh, I was watching and very keen to see what Adelaide was doing against Brisbane. And, of course, uh, very keen to see uh, young Azani and a couple of the others out of MacArthur, uh, how they were going to cope in their, in their quest against uh, Wellington. So it was really good football, uh, really gripping stuff. And you guys played uh, more than a meaningful role. You, you actually uh, set the scene for what we're calling a cup. Uh, upset. Uh, uh, cup set. Yeah, yeah, cup set. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite wonderful. And it's set Twitter light. Um, have, have you, uh, how do you contend now? How do you get up there and get them up for the next contest? What, what is the first and biggest role of, you, you know, the manager or the, the coach, um, uh, you know, today or this afternoon when you, when you get out there to them? 
Well, I, I think you've got to, sometimes you need to bring them down, other times you need to pick them up. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest problem we've got at the moment is, um, for me, it's not even a physical thing. You know, people think you play three games in a week. Oh. It's going to be very physically hard or demanding. Um, for me, I'd say it's more to do with the mental side of it. You know, you've got boys that work, say, 40 hours a week, and then you've got a game, which you, you've had, you have one game a week. Now we're playing three games in eight days. And Gee. mentally, it, it's quite challenging, you know, the concentration levels. And that's obviously when we make mistakes, you know, when, when we're doing it two or three times a week. And, Correct, yep. You know, we, we have our ups and downs. We have games that we play very well. We have games where we, we go to sleep for periods of time. And I think that's more <laughs> to do with the... The mental side of it, yeah. Yeah, sleepwalking. I mean, it even happens in the EPL, uh, Chris. There are, yeah, there are players yeah. that go walkabout and you, you see the the faces uh, and you, you can feel the frustration of the managers when they have to stand in front of the cameras and explain just what's happened. And the EPL this year has been uh, so up and down and some of the biggest clubs in the world uh, having to explain to their fans and to their uh, television audience uh, what's been happening. So I can imagine, from your perspective, um, the challenges that lie ahead. And you say to us, you've got a, a big game coming up in a couple of days. Who are you playing? Uh, we're playing Port Melbourne in the, I, I don't know what you call it, whether it's the qualifying final, or, but it's the going to the uh, grand final uh, in the NPL, um, which has probably been... That's been our main target this year. So, um, you know, we're on track for it. Uh, but Port Melbourne are, are a very good side and they'll have a lot to say about it. So um, we know it's going to be a tough ask. Ah, I like that you said that's been the main focus and yet you've, you've managed to, to stumble into, uh, into the, the no, semi-finals. They didn't stumble. The they ran, no, they ran through. And, and actually, that's what I wanted to, to, to ask you about, Chris. It, it, what was so special, I think, about last night, other than the result, was actually... It, the manner. It, well, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a traditional kind of upset in the sense of, oh, one team really dug in and, and sort of yes. got lucky. Scored but a fluke for goal. For the first yeah. 60 minutes, especially this game, you guys gave absolutely as good as you got against the Sydney side that were close to, to full strength. Obviously, the, the timing of you guys coming to the end of your season, whereas Sydney just starting, you got to factor all that sort of stuff in. But do you think that the, a performance and a result like last night really... Uh, speak to the strength of, of these um, these NPL competitions around the country? Yeah, I mean, and hopefully it does. I mean, we, we've got two players at the moment. Um, Joe Knowles is, um, is agreed terms with Brisbane and he's moving to Brisbane. So that's uh, been agreed, has it? That's yes, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So, so that's great news. We've got Anthony Pantazopoulos, who's 18, play, played for us at left-back last night. He's now with the young Socceroos. I dare say it won't be long before he gets picked up as well. Wow. Um, and really, that's what the NPL's about. You know, I'd like to see more A-League clubs taking upon and taking players from the NPL and giving them that opportunity. And um, instead of, you know, I've been a big uh, critic of the uh, the recycling of players. You know, you have a player goes to seven clubs and then yeah, yeah. the eighth club pick him up. Whereas we've got good young kids and sometimes the opportunity has to come at the right time. But... I think the NPL can be a little bit underrated at times, whereas there's some good talent there. And, um, you know, sometimes we get a player. I've had the likes of Manny Miller, who was at um, Melbourne City who, mm. and, uh, you know, got released. We had him at South Melbourne for three years. Yep. And then goes back, plays overseas, 
So sometimes that that transition, you know, they might might not be ready at a certain age, but a bit more experience, and that's what the MPL is there for to to give them that game time, uh, that experience, and then hopefully put them back in the A League. We call them late bloomers when that happens. Some of them mature later than others. And that's the other thing. Uh, you as a coach would know very well that uh, some people process information very differently to others. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see outstanding effort by a youngster who's a natural, and you then hope, you hope that they have the work ethic to match it. Um, we're seeing uh, in the EPL, for example, Southampton, um, have lost a bundle of players, but they've had the courage of their convictions and, of course, they're obliged to try and find a new crop of players. And what they've done is what Southampton has been renowned for, and that is go out and give youngsters the opportunity and, and they've given them a chance to blood them at the top level and watch them mature. And they're getting some very interesting results. I'm not saying uh, it's going to win them the uh, the EPL, but... They're, they're standing up and they're making a name for themselves. And it goes to the very core of what Lockie and others have been saying on FNR over the last couple of years. Give the talented players an opportunity to play and you'll get the results you want. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's probably what we need to look at in Australia. I don't think our system's fantastic at the moment. Um, we, do, we still create good players, uh, but at youth level, um, it's one thing that we've been renowned for. You know, go back in when I played, and yeah, the likes of Ocon and Markovsky and people like that coming oh, special. through. Special, yeah. We were making World Cup semi-finals. Now, we we're not even qualifying for mm. World Cups. Um, so there's got to be something fundamentally wrong. I think the youth setup is far too vast. You know, what you know, I'd like to see kids at 17, 18 playing men's football. Um, playing senior football. I'm, I'm, have I'm you got Have you got three or four coming through the ranks that you you are happily or would happily uh, promote? Yeah, look, we. I, th- I think the hard thing with promotion is you you need to give players the opportunity, um, but opportunity. You, you know, you you want them to actually succeed, and sometimes yep. failure can be a bit of a setback for them as well. Um, you know, I, I think the most important thing is you create the right. Uh, environment and platform um, and then they'll they'll tend to blossom you know Anthony's done that with us I've had him since he was 16 at uh, Oakley yep. um, he's, he's gone on in leaps and bounds I think he made his debut probably you know 14 months ago uh, coming off the bench he's played nearly every game this year and, and that's a dramatic rise now he's a young socceroo so um, you know the, if the opportunities are there and you play the players at the right age We've now got youth players at 21, 22 who have never played with men. And that's what I think is very difficult for them. Isn't that interesting? Mm. That, 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 sh- that, that would never have happened in the old NSL. Um, they would have been tested against uh, older bodies and, and older players a lot, a lot earlier. And I can see what you're uh, yeah. uh, getting to. And uh, Tell me, as a, as a coach, and especially with your experience, Chris, we're talking to Chris Taylor, who's the... Uh, the coach of the Oakley Cannons, who have, have been on a fabulous cup run uh, over the uh, over the, the majority of this uh, Australia Cup campaign, and it's very exciting. Um, and I'm just wondering, Chris, have you are you in a position to be able to discern if a player has that that spirit or that fire in them 
that they can take the disappointment? Have they got the... I'm trying to work out, can you identify if a player, a young player, has the poise or you've, is it the only way to test them or the only way to find out is to put them in the cauldron? Um, yeah, look, I think you've got to put them in certain situations. Sometimes you can do that in training and, and, and playing with better players. I think the difficulty I find at the moment, and obviously becoming an older coach and, and different generation to some of the players, um, things change. In, in your lifetime, things change. So if you go back 40 years ago, yep. the way kids come through school and now they were disciplined is a lot different to what oh, they do yeah. nowadays. Okay. Yep. Yep, um, yep, yep. So we're we're now, you know, and I've had situations this year without, you know, going into detail. Yep. You know, where I'm dealing with people with mental health issues. Yeah. I've never done that as a coach in my in my work environment. I've never done it, so it's new to me. Um, and I think dealing with kids coming through in today's generation, they have to be treated a lot different to what kids were treated 20 years ago. So the old school way, which was, you know, the school of hard knocks. Yep, and throw you know, them in. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. So you're trying to nurse people through. And I think a lot of it is how you manage your people to get the best out of them. Gotcha. And some, some people want the arm around them. Some some need a little bit of tough love. Yeah. Um, but it makes it very, very difficult because people coming out of school today, uh, 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 their environment, we, we seem to have lost Chris. Are you still there, Chris? Ah, oh, yeah. I think they dealt with the disappointment a lot better, whereas nowadays they don't. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what's can the? You if, still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You just you, we we lost right. you in the uh, in the uh, Bermuda Triangle for about a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. But you're back. Uh, the, just before we finish this uh, conversation, and yeah. we really appreciate you uh, agreeing to join us. Uh, you know, so soon after what was a monumental night for the club, and uh, and good luck. Please pass on our best wishes to the team. A great effort. Uh, I just want to know. Uh, if if you're a, a new fan to the NPL and you want to see the Oakley Cannons play, when's the next contest and what time? Uh, I think we play at six o'clock on Saturday at uh, Port Melbourne's ground, which I think is SS Anderson Reserve. That's the one off uh, uh, Plummer Street. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's uh, that's the final to get into the grand final. So um, yeah, it'd be quite a big game and. Uh, Hopefully we get a number of people there watching as well. That'd be exciting. That'd be very exciting. And we wish you all the very, very best. Uh, it'll be on for young and old. And by the way, is the 14-year-old likely to be in reserve on Sunday? No, he's starting, actually, yeah. He's starting. <laughs> Chris Taylor, you're a wonder. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, once again, all the very best and many congratulations for what was uh, a monumental result last night in the Australia Cup. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time and uh, thanks for having me on the show. No, no, our pleasure. We'll look forward to uh, talking to you again before the end of the season. Thank you, Chris. Chris Taylor Thanks. from the Oakley Cannons. And uh, if you're a sponsor of the Oakley Cannons, I, they must have the biggest smiles. Can you imagine? They've got their brand and their name uh, going national and, and international because those clips on these uh, and on social media these days, they go everywhere. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't know if you've, you've seen the sponsor board at Oakley, but it is particularly high voltage. Uh, <laughs> you, you definitely can see the sponsors when they, when they appear on the, uh, on the board at Jack Edwards. That's for gotcha. sure.
Got you. All right, um, we're going to take a break. Uh, we have another guest. We do. Someone who has a, an equally exciting story to tell us. His name is uh, Morris Passetto, someone I have known for quite some time. And he is buoyant as a, a host of different people uh, at the Moreland City Football Club because they've done something they haven't been able to do for a long, long time, and that is gain promotion to the NPL1. So we'll be back with uh, Morris Passetto in just a moment. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. George Dunekian along with Lockie Flanagan and uh, we're talking State of Our Football Nation. Our last guest was Chris Taylor, uh, the coach of the Oakley Cannons, who the boys are buzzing. Uh, and there'd be a 14-year-old reserve keeper who's probably thinking to himself, I was that close to making history. You know, he might still do it before the end of the season. Uh, by the way, Lockie, uh, are you calling uh, another football game real soon? Yeah, I, I kept it very very close to my chest yeah, during yeah, the interview, yeah. but I'm, I am doing that Oakley-Port Melbourne game on, on Saturday. Very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You've seen some really good football the last few I weeks. I have. I mean, I, I was saying it to, to Nick Dubano before on our NPL Victoria program, that that Heidelberg-Oakley game that they played, this is without even mentioning the Australia Cup last night, the game they played in the elimination final, 3-3, Oakley went on penalties. One of the best games that I have, have ever been that's to. That's a big And call. I'm not talking... No, 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 I'm not even a, talking NPL football. I'm talking... Football. I was just going to say, you've seen an awful lot of football, especially <laughs> yes. uh, since you've arrived at FNR. Yeah. And you also watch an awful lot of the world game. So for you to... Yeah. To, to, to be fair, it, I do also watch a lot of Scottish football. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, my God. Um, thank God you didn't play Celtic, eh? Yeah, that's true. I, I, tell me something. The Dundee United coach... He's Jack gone. Ross. Yeah, he is gone. How many, how many weeks was he there? Three weeks? Yeah, he wasn't there for a very long time. More than that, but he wasn't there for a very long time. Wow. It just it turns out if this week has taught us anything, nine nils, not, good, not great for being a manager. Not a no. Good, not Scott, Parker, Scott Parker has understood that. I'm just wondering on the Scott Parker uh, um, you know, uh, demise at uh, Bournemouth, was it, was it the manner of the, of, of the loss or was it the fact how he spoke... Uh, about the uh, result after the game. Mm, that's, a, that's a good point. I think that's a good question to ask, whether or not it would be answered is a good one, because you do have to imagine if you're... They won their first game, yeah. then they played three of the biggest teams in the EPL. And if you're a player, even if you aren't necessarily up to Premier League standard necessarily, which has been probably the criticism that's mm. been labelled at the Bournemouth squad, yep. to have your manager who's supposed to be theoretically the person who supports you and motivates you to reach your absolute highest level, uh, to have him front the press and say, well, basically the squad we've got is not up to the standard... Mm. Well, you, you you can't really expect to be fit and firing and, and at your absolute best when you know the person who's your your boss has that sort of opinion. I, I would say I would say the bosses would be um, extraordinarily angry, and they and they, the only way for them to um, respond was to remind him that they're his bosses and they no long and he no longer works for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I wish Scott Parker all the very best. What a learning experience for him. We talk about players learning, but again, coaches learning. Uh, he'll understand that there's a better way to say what you want to say uh, in the media, unless, of course, that was the only way he could get out of that contract, in which case then you do take that particular pursuit or that narrative and uh, you fire it and then watch, watch how, how quickly you've got to leave the building. 
he he did it pretty quickly. Um, but again, he's been a, a good guy. He's uh, he did a tremendous job at Fulham. And uh, what did Bournemouth uh, do this morning? They played another draw. Mm. So interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, is Morris Bassetto with us yet? He is. Morris Bassetto, welcome to FNR. Morris. Thanks, George. Thanks, Lockie. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you, and thank you for uh, doing this uh, this interview in the Qantas Lounge. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Pleasure. <laughs> uh, tell me something. Um, what's the mood at Moreland City after, you know, the club managed to gain promotion to the NPL1? Yeah, well, uh, as you would imagine, George, it's, it's rather buoyant at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, there's a fair bit of reflection. It's, I think it's still surreal to a lot of people. Um, it certainly has exceeded, uh, all expectations. So I think people are still coming to terms with what's actually happened. I've got some serious questions and I want to see how close we get to getting the right answers. Campbell Reserve, can it be an MPL one ground? Um, yes, it could. It I'm would, talking it, about it, seating it, arrangements and all that sort of thing. It, it would require a fair bit of work um, to get it to that level, appropriate standard, absolutely. Um, and we'll do everything possible to um, make sure it does. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a wait and see and hopefully it gets ticked off. But there's a fair bit of work to do. I was just going to say... We'd love to play at home games. um, I I was reflecting on uh, some of the... um uh, the memories of of the, of the club and, and, and its marvellous history, 100, more than 100 seasons of football from its early days as Coburg through to what it is today as Moreland City Football Club. Um, it, it's, it's been quite a journey. It's had some fabulous uh, moments in its history. Uh, Doherty Cup champions. Um, it, it's, it's had some tremendous players. Uh, players of the calibre of, of Teddy Smith. Now, he would have been playing meaningful games at Campbell Reserve, but, but life was very different in the, the late 50s, early 60s. So what's, what's entailed uh, and how, how, how long before you know that the powers that be who run the game in, in, in Victoria will, will give you the, uh, the tick and allow you to, uh, to compete uh, in the new season at Campbell Reserve? Yeah, now, interesting question, George. Um, as you as you know, we've been uh, Moreland Soccer Club's been there at uh, Campbell Reserve since 1934. Wow! And and hasn't missed a season wow. uh, since 1934. And you you would also recall that uh, in 1956, uh, when Melbourne were hosting uh, the Olympics, yes. that the yes. uh, the Australian uh, men's soccer team, Olympic team. Yep. Um, use Campbell Reserve as their uh, training ground uh, in preparation for the 56 Olympics. So um, there's a lot of history there at Campbell Reserve. Um, and you've had a magnificent new redevelopment of, of uh, what was the old, um, uh, I suppose, club rooms and um, facilities. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I wonder... I wonder, can you make it to the next grade? Because that, uh, well, that would be that would be just awesome. It's one of the <laughs> most picturesque grounds in in, in, in the city. 
I mean, yeah, I like I like nothing better rolling up the car, parking it by the side of the road, walking through the gates and going, check this out. It's happening right in front of me. But I know there's a young guy called Lockie Flanagan saying, there's nowhere for me to call the game. They're yeah, going to have to yeah. build a stanchion or they're going to have to build a little yeah. platform, an elevated platform. Is yeah, that another you, one of those considerations yeah. that you guys are already yeah. planning? Yeah, look, you use the term a magnificent facility. I think magnificent's probably, um, uh, yeah, not not exactly magnificent. But Come on, we've moved it's, the cricket it's, pitch it's, off. We've moved yeah, the cricket look, it's, pitch. It's, 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 a, it's a much improved facility uh, to what it was 10 years ago, no doubt. Um, look, we've got some challenges. Uh, undercover is, is one. Uh, media is two. Uh, quality of surface is three. So there's a few things. The FFV have come out. They're, they're look in, incredibly supportive. They've done they've done an initial audit. They've they've made it clear what we need to do. And um, just had a conversation today with with more council to to see um, if, if these things can be done. The default the default position would be to become a tenant of CB Smith, which is a, no, look, the premier facility in Moreland and it's a magnificent facility, but it, 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 it has its, a number of tenants at the moment with uh, Faulkner and Brunswick Juventus and Pascaval. So, you know, the, the sort of ideal outcome would be to be able to play a games at Campbell, but uh, we certainly do have a uh, default position at this stage, but, you know, we've got a couple of months, we, we, we're all doing our best. The, the thing with, with that uh, fallback position, uh, what bothers me is uh, those grounds can only take so much traffic, even with the That's best right. best uh, curators working miracles before they start to be bare, bare of grass. Um, uh, so ideally, um, what is the council, uh, has the, have the, are they making the sorts of noises that would put a smile on your face or is are you feeling a little anxious and concerned about, you know, the options that lie ahead? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly um, not feeling anxious. And Morn Council have been nothing but incredibly supportive. Yep. Uh, and not just to not, not just to Morn City Soccer Club, but they do an incredible job uh, for all the uh, soccer clubs in Moreland, you know, the, the guys at Brunswick City at Dunstan Reserve, mm. Brunswick Juventus at Deshane and CB Smith, uh, the guys at Paco um, and being at Hoskin Reserve and CB Smith. Like, we, we, you know, open space is a premium in, in across Moreland Council and, uh, like I said, they do an incredible job, uh, really support uh, soccer in, 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 in the area and... Uh, you know, uh, no better council to work with. So we're hoping to, to get to a um, get to an optimal outcome uh, if we can. And and I'm pretty positive. I'm feeling pretty positive about it. Have you reached out to the member for Wills, Peter Halil, and and now that they're in governments, <laughs> remind him that uh, it's a it's a magnificent opportunity to actually uh, showcase um, uh, you know a part of uh, a part of the. Uh, historical uh, significance of the council by by giving Campbell Reserve every chance to, um, you know, see uh, MPL one football, you know, each and every, uh, what is it, would it be every second week, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah playing, every second uh, week. Playing home, playing yeah. away. 
Look, I'll just be honest, George. I'm not going to answer the question politically, but Peter Khalil is a great supporter of ours. He was down at our club literally a month ago. Good. Um, all, all the members, all the councillors, all the, the federal members and, and state members, look, they are really supportive. Uh, look, the other side of the coin is, you know, more council, state government, uh, federal government has, has spent a lot of money in getting C.B. Smith as the Premier football facility in Moreland, right? And it's yep. there to showcase yep. the Premier teams. So there's a little bit of an angle that the Moreland Council might say, well, now Moreland City, you know, whether anyone believes it or not, but, you know, we happen to be the Premier Club in Moreland and, uh, you know, they might feel we should be showcasing that at the Council's Premier facility that they spent a, a, a lot of money on. So, um, you know... Uh, my, my personal view, not not the political one, is you know we'd rather play a games at Campbell and we'd rather collaborate with all of the other Moreland clubs so everyone has you know appropriate time at the appropriate facility and it can cater it can cater for everyone. But uh, yeah, look, you know, I'm looking forward to you know hopefully the next couple of months and and with the help of Moreland Council, FFE. Um, and, uh, and 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 Peter Khalil and the feds and the, the state guys, and, you know, Peter Chanfloni, I spoke to him last night and he was at a game versus Paco on the, the Friday night at C.B. Smith. He's, he's uh, currently running for Pascabal in the uh, November elections and, you know, hopefully it all comes together and, you know, we, we, can, we can play the games at, at Campbell. A number of years uh, ago, a number of years ago, uh, uh, the club commissioned... Um, uh, a, a doco to uh, showcase the the club's history and to prepare yeah. it to mark the the centenary of its uh, of its establishment. And I'm reminded of some of the great characters in that squad. You had Welshmen, you had uh, uh, Greeks, you had Italians. What's the diversity mix these days of the club and the and the and the and the, and the, t- and the boys that have made it to the MPL one? Okay, uh, look, when we talk about our sort of a, our senior group, it, it's incredibly diverse. But we've also, we've, we've got about 250 players, including boys and girls and, and juniors. And uh, I would say there are over 30 different nationalities across that 250 people. And, and as you know, you know a lot of our seniors. We've got two Welshmen, we've got Corey Thomas and Jamie Latham. <laughs> we've got uh, a South Sudanese international in Abai Kuno. Um, we've got a couple of uh, Aussie kids that are, you know, born and bred. A couple of a couple of Tasmanian. Uh, we've got Greeks. We've got, you know, Michael Cetides, Alex Condeleon, who, who are uh, both Greek background or uh, second generation Greeks. We've got Luke Jurich. We've got Croatians. We've, you name it, George. Uh, we've got it. And look, it's really just a cross section of. Um, uh, the society there at uh, the people that live in Moreland and, and, and Brunswick Juventus and Pascaval and Moreland United and uh, all the clubs, Brunswick City, it, we, we're not different. We're, we're an absolute uh, melting pot of uh, um, uh, diverse cultures. Now, uh, with a brand new season uh, in a few months' time, um, are there a crop of youngsters that uh, you're excited about that uh, might get to see, a, 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 you know, a bit of action in the first team? Uh, look, George, on, on that one, absolutely. Uh, you know, part of part of the um, disbelief is not the right word, but, but part of the, the, the pleasant surprise uh, about winning the league this year is we actually, 
entered the season with a really young squad, probably, you know, half of the senior squad are 21 and under. And, you know, the, the, the benefit, you know, getting promoted and having to mix it with, with the big boys is very daunting, but it, it, it does solve one problem for us. And, and that, that is probably, I would say, three, four, five of our players, probably if we didn't get promoted, um, uh, would be courted and probably if if they were serious about their football and careers would have been playing uh, at NPL one. So uh, the the fact that we we could get promoted into that league uh, gives you know all of our players, but in particular a couple of those young guys, the opportunity to showcase their wares at, at the top level in Victoria. Uh, how does it feel watching the Australia Cup action? And seeing uh, an MPL club uh, in the shape of Oakley Cannons uh, in Victoria and, of course, uh, Sydney United uh, 58 in New South Wales, uh, putting their hand up and, and really taking it to some of the biggest teams in the country. Yeah, uh, look, I, I love every minute of it. I watched the Oakley-Sydney FC game last night and, and, and I've seen a lot of the cup sets over the years <laughs> and uh, always supporting um, the underdog. And I can tell you, I think that probably maybe the first time um, I actually think Oakley outplayed Sydney last night. Mm. And, you know, I, I was there when Heidelberg beat Perth Glory and, and, and not taking away anything from some of the, you know, when, when Gully beat, I think, Central Coast Mariners. Um, it, it, you know, it's sort of uh, batting down the hatches, play on the break, uh, all those. Sort of, but I actually think Oakley actually outplayed Sydney yeah. FC. It was an unbelievable effort last night. And uh, credit to, to CT and uh, everyone at Oakley. And uh, a special shout-out to one of my favourite players, Ollie Kublai, who had a tremendous game last night. And I'm absolutely flabbergasted that no A-League club has uh, picked him up yet. But anyway... Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a very good aside. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say to you, I thought their spread of effort right across the pitch, right across the ground, was amazing. I didn't see too many positions uh, not uh, carry their responsibility, yeah, it, uh, not deliver to it, the it, to the it, to it, the well, team. Oakley were the better team, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, they were just the better team. That's yep. it. Yep. Now, uh, in the past, we would have heard. Uh, you know, uh, there was a, a a great goal scored, and then they've just closed up eleven. Uh, you know, basically behind the ball, saying you know, come and get it. Um, that wasn't the case. They kept attacking. In fact, they were attacking uh, 90, 90 plus minutes into the game. They were still. Yeah, look, they they sort of started to get a bit scrappy with about ten minutes to go. Yeah. Um, they're, they're maybe fatigue a little bit. The semi pros sure. versus the pros. Um, it's a mental you know, game yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and up, but up until then, they kept possession all in the right places. They played the ball. Uh, they, they were aggressive. It was going forward. It was going to feet. Uh, they were finding pockets and spaces. And uh, like, um, and, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe because Sydney are sort of early in their preparation, and the A League season is still sort of you know a good six to eight weeks away. But uh, um, Oakley with a better team, and they made Sydney look second best. Wade Decker got a goal early on. That set the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, look, I don't know much about. I know I, I saw Wade play a few times when he was at Melbourne, Melbourne City or Melbourne Heart. I think uh, yep. back then when yep. I used to support support them rather passionately uh, in, in in the day, and uh, I haven't seen much of him, but. Uh, 
he scores goals, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, bag, bag loads this year, I think. Well, it, it was a spectacular effort from Oakley on the night, Morris. But I, I do want to ask more about the spectacular effort from Moreland City over the, the season <laughs> to achieve this result to win the NPL 2 because anyone who has paid any attention to the NPL 2 over the years, it's a it's a hard league to It's a bit to like get. the championship. It's, it's, it's a hard league to get out of. There are teams that, that come down and spend a lot of money trying to get back up and quite often it doesn't work. And... You guys this season were working, you know, competing with a lot of sides who did that this year that probably, you know, without going to the X's and O's of it, were, were battling with pretty big budgets yep. in that competition yep. and still yep. you guys were able to, to leapfrog every single one of them and finish on top <laughs> with that result over North Geelong on the final day. I mean, I'm curious, though, yeah. what, what was the, the, the secret of, of this season? Because you guys... You know, there were a few scares and hiccups along the way, but you guys were consistent and, and confident all season in the face of some pretty stiff opposition. Yep, all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, look, honestly, uh, Lockie, I, I, I can't explain it. I know we, we had a bit of a chat uh, there on um, Sunday at ABD, but... I can't, I can't explain it. it it's a shock uh, externally. It's it's a surprise. Uh, I can I can honestly say internally it's a surprise. Uh, we did win a pre-season game. Um, I, I can't explain We lost 8-0 to Berlin on a Monday night. We lost 4-1 to Brunswick-Juventus. I, I, I just – it's something in that changing room, something uh, that, that the coaching group uh, – because the, the side was so young, it was an incredibly safe environment for young players to learn and make mistakes. I think, you know, um, that was. I think it's probably a question for the coaches, but my sense was there, there was it, it was an incredible sort of uh, culture and leadership group headed by Corey Thomas, and by Kuno, Andrew Viola. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of young boys in that group and they just had a smile on their faces. They, every training, there was no fear of making errors. They were just trying to get better, working hard. And I think the, ch- the changing room it was just really special. Um, I'm not sure we'll see that again on, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, just a massive intangible, but... Yeah. I think a lot of people have tried to analyse and try to understand. Um, I'd love to say we've spent a lot of money on a study um, <laughs> around strength and conditioning and, and physiology and training two nights a week is the answer and is the secret sauce because we only train two nights a week. That's, you know, we're up against teams that train three nights mm. and four nights, but we've just, we're just two nights a week. And then last month, Heading into the end of the season, Moreland Council were, were cancelling. The, the grounds were just underwater. Mm. So we literally were training once a week for about the last four weeks. It is part of the, and I'm saying this as someone who's trying to sort of piece it together myself, who's been observing the NPL 2 season as well, is part of the sort of gold dust of this year the fact that, you know, as you said, the core of this squad is sort mm. of a young malleable entity but then on the other end of that a lot of the senior heads or a handful of the senior heads are holdovers of the last time you guys went really really close, close to yeah. getting promoted into the top flight like your Kunos, like your Corey Thomases, who know what it's like to to just miss out and to come so close you think that sort of 
combination, the synergy of, of, of those two groups is really part of the, the magic of, of, of what this season was? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. And I, look, those guys in particular, um, you know, your Corey Appai, as I said, Andrew Viola, uh, Nick Bathcar, you know, there, there, there are, there are um, some senior heads there that uh, some of them, you know, work with um, social communities like Appai, you know, he's, he sort of works with the, the, the youngsters of the South Sudanese community. Uh, Nick Bathcar's a teacher. Um, you know, they, they are just... Uh, really good with the young kids and they provided a really safe environment where young players could make mistakes, could, you know, continue to develop um, without without the pressure and, and and the sort of noose around your neck in terms of the fear of losing the losing possession or and um look an interesting story. I'm probably I'm probably saying a little bit too much, but um, we didn't win a pre-season game. We won two two pre-season games before Christmas and then we reconvened after Christmas and we did not win a game in pre-season. And it's not as if it wasn't because we were playing Oakley and South Melbourne and Bentley. We played, and no disrespect to any of these clubs, but we were playing uh, clubs low, in, in lower leagues than us, Hampton, East Brighton. Uh, we played Clifton Hill. We played, um, we played Preston. We played Dalton. Uh, we played Whittlesey Rangers, you know, it, it, and we didn't win a game. And it was uh, like five days before, like two weeks before round one and five days before the uh, the window closed. And I sat down with our captain, Corey Thomas. I, I was worried. <laughs> and so was everyone at the club. It's, it's like, well, we're going to get relegated. But that, that was – so I sat down with Corey and I said, Corey, you're the captain and you've been here seven years and we're doing this for you because we don't want to let you down. Um, and that boy and, and Andrew, uh, Viola, and do we need to sign players? And if we do, what do we need? Because we've got five days to do it and we can go out and, and do it. And Corey's response, and it's still to this day incredulous to me, he said, Morris, I've been here seven years and it's the most excited I've ever felt. <laughs> I mean, Corey, great. we hadn't won. I don't know what you're watching and what you're doing, but we haven't won the season. So you, you want to drink from that water more often, don't you? Yeah, no, but, but just it, it just shows you the sort of, you know, the 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 nature of uh, this bloke in particular and, and his other leaders, and yep. they, they've just been incredible. They, they've led, you know, in, in conjunction with, with the coaching group, Adrian, Dave, Nathan. You know, um, we, t- we talked to Chris Taylor. Been- we talked to Chris Taylor. Uh, at Oakley Cannons, and he said to us, uh, you know, as he gets older, he has to he has to coach very differently to how he would have coached 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. And and it's interesting, three or four times you said it was a safe dressing room where they felt they could uh, allow themselves to to make their mistakes and be nurtured, you know, and, and, and allowed to grow at their pace or at their tempo. And um, uh, you're, you're basically saying the same sort of thing. Unique dressing room, uh, an opportunity for the coach to, to say to you, listen, I've never been more excited about what's coming up. And, and you know what? He was right. And that's marvellous. And uh, we'd love you to please pass on our best wishes. What's next? So what's the next big deal? You have to wait for um, Football Victoria to give you a pass mark or... Do you have to hear from? Uh, you're waiting to hear from council. 
No, look, um, FD have been out um, yep. and, and, and incredibly supportive. Um, they issued a draft report yep. yesterday saying, look, here, if you want to play MPL one games here at Campbell, here are the, the uh, laundry list of things you need to do. And, uh-huh. um, we're, we're now about to have a conversation with council to see what, what, what realistically can we do and what realistically can't we do. And we've got pretty much till uh, December when FV will come out for their final audit and see what we've been able to fix and what we haven't. And then um, I'm sure they'll make a, a decision then about, you know, whether Campbell reserves up to it or not, yeah, well, and whether we otherwise whether we need to play at CV Smith or or somewhere else if 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 that's not available. So, um, that's what's next, George. Keep us in the loop. <laughs> Keep us in the loop. Yeah. Well, there there are still there are still hurdles. There are still bumps in the road. All that that sort of thing. But I, I'm still fascinated to know, regardless of of where it is that you do end up playing that first game of the season. <laughs> what what is most exciting to you about about the prospect of, of stepping out in in a few months time in february march next year yeah. and, and playing your first top flight game in yeah look, that's i mean that's a great question lucky and and we'll be under no illusion that uh, you know the speed at which we got up it could be just as quick going back down but, but what really is exciting i, I think and we, we've had a couple of conversations about this you know we nearly got promoted back in 2018 when we lost that playoff game to green gully yep and we've now we, we've now won the league and got promoted this year but the the profile the, the squad profile are vastly different uh, vastly different and in, in, in particular the age, uh, the age demographic of our current squad. Uh, you know, what, one of the things that I'm comforted with is if if we were to keep all our players, certainly half of them have a trajectory in terms of development that I, I know they're going to be 20% better next year. That's Fletcher cool. Fulton will be 20% better next year. This is first year of MPL football in Victoria. He's only 19. Uh, Alex Condoleon, our goalkeeper, you know, had an incredible year. Turned 19 last weekend, and and he will be 20 percent better. Mm. Um, you know, you, you Jake Shunters, your Michael Tsitsidis, BB Ellibol, who who we got came over from Hume. He's only 19 and a half. Uh, he's already played a handful of uh, top flight games at Hume uh, in the first half. There, he'll be 20 percent better. We, we've got a we've got an incredibly exciting. Um, age profile of the group and and combined with some of those older heads that you know they're, they're, as long as they continue to play their best football um you know i think it could be a little exciting crop and we might top it up with two or three or four players as you would need to do to go to that level it's not going to be anything uh, dramatic or, or drastic um, I think the biggest, <laughs> and it's going to be exciting, Lucky. I actually mm. genuinely am really excited about it. I think the biggest challenge we've got is whether we actually tri- you know, stay two nights a week training or, or, or go, to, <laughs> go to three. Or, Morris Pacetto uh, is our guest. And Morris, when was the last time Moreland City played in the top tier of the Victorian football? 1962, George. Wow. Uh, Moreland, 1962, they got relegated. Uh, 18 games played, 17 losses and one win. So I finished the year with two points um, back back when it was two points for a win. That was the year that Davey Oxton had gone to Brunswick Juventus, Teddy Smith 
went to South Melbourne and, and some of those um, um, guys that you met back when uh, we did our uh, documentary in 2016 uh, sort of moved on from Orland and went on to bigger and, 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 and better things. Wow, 1962. Well, congratulations uh, from everyone at FNR to the Moreland City crew. Uh, well done. Uh, and we look forward to keeping, uh, 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 you know, abreast of what's happening at uh, at Moreland, especially as you uh, count down the days to finding out from both council and also for Football Victoria whether you can meet all the KPIs that are required to deliver what promises to be uh, some terrific MPL One football, hopefully at Campbell Reserve. Boris <laughs> Macedo, thank you for joining us. Thanks, George. Uh, thanks, Lockie, for having me. And uh, fingers crossed we can get there. <laughs> All the best. There you go. What are you making of that? Exciting. Uh, that, there was a lot of good uh, good elements there, so, stuff that I wasn't privy to. Uh, it's the the makeup of any squad that is good enough to... Um, Twice to a make week. that ju- well, twice, twice a, week. a week. And to make that jump into the top flight. I mean, I really can't emphasize enough how hard of a comp that is to and win. And I want you to take on board too what he said. They didn't win a game in pre-season. Mm. So what does pre-season mean? Well, Nothing. not much on that evidence. Not much, not much. Uh, Lockie, as usual, we've got work commitments. Got to keep you going. Uh, thanks again for your support. Mm. Until next week when we do this again. Yeah, State you. of our football nation on FNR. George Danikin and Lockie Flanagan. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.